welcome back to another episode of Pretty Suited Podcast. I am your host, Lauren A. And you know, here we discuss career, culture, and the commitment to living your best life. So um, this is a special episode because I'm joined here today by a very special person. Um, I've known her for a very long time, but I've always seen her making really big moves in an area that you know, it's not quite talked about. When we think about healthcare, we think about the doctors and the nurses uh, and the people who you see on the front line, right? But we never really quite talk about the people who are behind the scenes, you know, really making the moves, really making the decisions and keeping the business of healthcare running. So I wanted to bring, you know, kind of a different kind of a guest here on Pretty Suited just so that you guys can get a different perspective. Um, and I'm joined here today by the lovely and the beautiful Danielle Watts. Hi, Danielle. Lauren, thank you so much for having me. You, thank you for being here. Um, I really appreciate it. And we go way back since our yeah. hometown. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I understand that, you know, you chose a profession, like I said, it's just not quite talked about enough. So I'm curious to see what, you know, your input on a few things, you know, so feel free to let your hair down a little bit and we could just have this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I know you, but, you know, for the audience, you know, just give a brief biopsy, biopsy, (laughs) (laughs) give a brief, you know, biography about yourself and what it is that you do. Okay. I'm from Savannah, Georgia. I um, completed my bachelor's degree in 2014. So I got my sociology, the systematic study of human behavior. I got my sociology degree then. First off, I spent the first six years um, after high school of my life in college. Um, So I went to get my MBA in healthcare administration. So I completed that in 2017. Um, Grad school was hard. Grad school was hard. I cried, I feel like, almost every day because it was a dual degree that I was getting. So it was really hard. So that uh, kick-started actually my career to becoming an entrepreneur. Before we get into (laughs) entrepreneurship, because, you know, this is a topic that, you know, we get a lot or just people ask, you know, how do you get into certain professions? So you may mention that, you know, you started off in sociology Mm -hmm. um, with your bachelor's and how that Tell me a little bit more how that kind of prepped your mindset into getting into healthcare administration. Well, like I stated, like sociology, that's the systematic study of human behavior. Why do people do the things that they do? So Mm -hmm. that intrigued me for sure when I was in undergrad. So I thought at first I wanted to be a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. I went, I was in a clinical mental health counseling program at first in grad school. And I did, I can't remember what we did. It was something where we had to record ourselves and we had to um, do some sort of interview. And I went back and I saw myself on the recording and I looked completely like bored, completely uninterested. And I was like, this is not for me. I do not want to do this. So at that time, I was actually working at the hospital already as a unit clerk. So I would see this guy, um, he's actually the, I think he's the CEO or the CFO. And I said to myself that I could do that. I could actually be in that position. So I actually looked him up and saw like what he got his degrees in and things like that. And then I went back to um, school and I talked to my um, advisor at that time. And I told him I was dropping out of the clinical mental health counseling program. 
and my um, my professors, they were like, you're so good. I'm just like, I'm always going to give 110% to everything I do. So, of course, I was good at it, but it, it just wasn't for me. And um, I think it was definitely one of the best decisions that I've, I made for sure. That's awesome. I, I think that that's very important that, you know, you saw something, you know, a lot of times people go into professions because, you know, they, it sounds good, it looks cool, but you got a chance to get a, a view of something that isn't quite talked about, but you were exposed to a different kind of position and it prompted you to be able to say, I can do that. And you went for it. A friend of mine back in college, he said that he used to work for Campbell Soup. And he, he used to go around into the supermarkets and make sure that the Campbell's soup displays, whether it was on the shelves or in a, a, a kiosk or whatever, was displayed right and according to the Campbell's soup standard. I was like, how did you find out about this job? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's so many different careers that we don't even just know about because we're so focused on the cool jobs and well-known jobs. But there's literally jobs that, especially if you're a type A person, yeah. I'm pretty sure that would be the perfect job for you, right? Make sure everything is together. But it's, it's just really cool to see people get exposed to different kind of positions and just kind of go after it. And despite what others may think is cool or awesome or what you should do. So I appreciate that. That's a great story. So um, after you decided to, you know, work in healthcare administration, what has been your experience in that? You know, you're a black woman. This is a field that I'm pretty sure is run predominantly by white males. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you coming into this new space with a different mentality, you've been on the ground level. You said you worked as a unit clerk um, at a hospital. So you got to see like the trenches, right? <laughs> and so you're coming in with this mindset. So how has been your experience since then? Like literally everything ties into each other because after I finished my MBA in healthcare administration, I actually started helping people to like open um, their facilities. So I would help mm. them like write their policies and procedures and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Cause for those who don't know, when you're opening a healthcare facility, there's so many check marks that you have to do. It's not just opening a business, getting the LLC and that's it. Right. Let Instagram tell it, you just open up an LLC oh and that's it. No. So go break down a little bit into how, you know, corporate compliance, like how that ties into, you know, creating a healthcare facility. Let's say somebody wants to open up a healthcare agency or something like that. Like, how does that work? Um, I would say for me, my portion is, um, for one, you need a compliance officer, a healthcare mm-hmm. compliance officer. They haven't made it a law, um, but they are soon going to make it a law because we actually have to write, you know, your bylaws. We have to write all of your policies and procedures in accordance to state and federal regulations. And even, you know, if it's your own like agency, so if you have your own home healthcare agency, there's still little things that you want to be your own niche for your business. So we also have to incorporate that as well. So it's not just that, it's also with like, say for instance, if you wanna be with Medicare and Medicaid become credential, that's another a whole nother oh yes we do do all of that you know so um it has to be something that you're passionate about because i'll give you an example i had to read a 400 um page oh lord (laughs) a 400 page article and i had to um just make sure that everything was condensed in like uh four to five pages wow so it's yeah 
so you know it's it's like you have to enjoy it you have to really enjoy it because the laws change so much mm-hmm. uh, it's my passion it's my baby I love it awesome so we're like you, you, <laughs> yeah listen this, how do y'all think all of this stuff runs exactly yeah. that's what I'm saying it's like a whole it's own other beast you know outside of just what you see on Grey's Anatomy or even just in your own experiences with healthcare there are whole teams of people who are behind the scenes making sure that the ship is running smoothly and you have all these different partnerships with pharmaceuticals and doctors and laws and compliance and all so kudos to you for that I know that's a lot um, of, of information I want to talk a little bit more about like surprises and expectations when it comes to our career, right? Mm-hmm. So was this everything that you expected? Have you received any pleasant surprises along the way or anything like that? Um, it's what I it's what I expected. I would say the pleasant mm-hmm. surprise was me going to that program because mm-hmm. I knew it was just like a shift in um, my career and my goals, the people that I met there, it was just like, God, am I like really supposed to be here? Like I met so, some imposter syndrome. Yeah. It was <laughs> like, wow, this is like, I'm the youngest person here. Like all mm-hmm. these people are, you know, much older than me, but you know, I was blessed to have accomplished so much at such a young age because, you know, I, I just hit the ground running and was just, you know, hungry for, whatever it is that I needed to do to complete, you know, and to stay in my purpose, I would say. Absolutely. And purpose is important too. I speak so much about, you know, walking in your purpose. You have your expectations, you have what you think you should be doing, or maybe something that somebody told you you should be doing. But if it's not really in your purpose, you're never really going to feel satisfied, right? You're never really going to feel like, you know, what you're doing matters. And then sometimes, you know, you end up, either performing poorly or just switching careers just to try to figure out, okay, what exactly am I supposed to be doing? Um, So switch gears. We're going to talk a little bit more about you uh, in in the next topic, but I want to switch gears and highlight something that, you know, you and I both live in in like this strange land called Atlanta, Georgia, right? (laughs) This place is like no other. It has its, it's ups and it definitely has its downs um ups being that you know it's a lot of people especially people of color who are going into so many different avenues of not only business entrepreneurship real estate healthcare, whatever like we just had i think microsoft and google and all these amazon places just moved here so the sky's the limit when it comes to you reaching your dreams and goals right Mm -hmm. but one thing that this place I always had a bad rep about was the dating scene, right? <laughs> the social yes. life. Now, I don't know if you are seeing anyone or, you know, if you've met your significant other yet, but I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about being a businesswoman, being a woman who's about her, her business um, and how, dating. Like, how, how has it been? <laughs> to, to do that? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you kind of already summed it up. Like, <laughs> It has not, um, it's been definitely surprising. I I mean, like you said, it's just, it's a totally different world here. And I think for me um, right now, Mm -hmm. I'm focusing on myself. I'm focusing on, you know, like whatever it is that God needs me to do while I am, you know, in preparation for my husband. That's just, 
what I'm doing. So I'm like a no nonsense person. If I don't like it, I'm going to tell you. And, and that's just what it is. So like, it's like I, I've dated here, but a lot of the men here are very um, controlling, very memorial. Mm. I mean, they want to be with you the first day. It's just <laughs> like crazy stuff. So I recently read this article um, on MSNBC about how women are now more than ever out earning their husbands Mm -hmm. and I think that that's quite interesting because it's not necessarily solely about the money but it's also about like education and things like that and how we're outperforming our spouses and you know you talked about men just being kind of be controlling or making just feel a little bit insecure about maybe what they're bringing in so they're taking it out on the women that they're dating and things like that Mm -hmm. but you know, how does how does that make us feel or how does that make women feel who are doing the best that they can to reach their goals and their dreams to try to find someone who is not intimidated by that or, you know, will allow, you know, a woman to be a breadwinner? Like, how, how do you what do you think about that? Um, I think it's I think it's very hard. I think it's hard to come across somebody that's not intimidated by the things that you've accomplished. I say this all the time, and I think that people should kind of look at this. You never know somebody's story. You Mm -hmm. see what it is that they've accomplished, but you don't know what it took for them to get there. And so they're like, oh, wow, you've done this, you've done that. But you're like, yeah, I had to work hard to get here. I don't want anybody to sit up here and and diminish anything I've accomplished at all because I worked hard for it. And I feel like my husband, he would have to, for one, he's going to have to be much stronger than I am because, you know, I'm a strong-willed woman. He's going to have to. He's going to actually, I, and I like to learn from people. Absolutely. Oh, that is so attractive to me when you can actually teach me something. Oh, my, God. Oh my goodness. Okay. And I feel like I don't have to take the reins to be able to say, this is how you do that. You call this person and do that. You set it up like this. And because we're in a career too, healthcare, I say, is very unique. I'm not saying no other career is like this, but I think when you're dealing in healthcare, you have to think about so many different factors at one time mm-hmm. to where you become like such a huge critical thinker that um, a lot of times you make tough decisions that can make or break something, a situation, or that can save a life and things like that. So when you are coming home, when you're in your resting place and you're in your peace, you don't necessarily want to be making those same decisions. Not unless you're just a real control freak, of course. But if you really want to kind of sit in your soft life, as quotation marks, right? (laughs) You don't want to come home and and make those same decisions because you just want to sit back and kind of give those reins to somebody else. But if I can't trust you mm-hmm. to do those things, or if I you're not making any decisions that are in the best interest of the both of us, it's hard for us to kind of sit back and 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 let you take the reins. So like it's hard. It's, it, hard. it's hard. Have you been able to, you know, kind of turn it off a little bit in your dating life and, and kind of allow someone to take the reins there? I would say I don't trust anybody. Like I haven't met anyone who I would trust to, to mm. leave me. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. 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 So, that's- and that's a big factor for me. Cause like you said, I listen, 
I am a, I will be a damsel in distress. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Oh my god! Like, please take care of me, please. <laughs> like, but no, I I haven't, uh, and that's okay. Like, yeah. and I feel like you know we're still young, but a lot of people mm-hmm. try to put pressure on. Oh, you need to have this. You need to be doing this. You should be dating. You should be. You should have kids. You should be married. Absolutely. And I'm like. That stuff will come. Like, you never know what God has for you as mm-hmm. far as, like, I could be married next week. I don't know. Yeah. Only God You knows. just don't know. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. So just don't put, you know, I think it's important for us as women that are accomplished and that are working towards goals. Like, don't focus so much on being with somebody. That stuff will come. Focus on bettering yourself. Focus on breaking those generational curses. Focus on, you know, just excelling in life. And when while you're excelling in life and while you're going and you're like, okay, and then you run, oh, I like him. Okay. Yeah. And you can turn to the side and you can approach it from an area of not of desperation, but of exactly. actual choice. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people make decisions based off their current circumstances, where they need help, they need, you know, they're lonely, blah blah blah. But you, so you're making the decision not necessarily out of true choice, but out of just whatever circumstance you're in. And you so, made mention before you you just uh, said about you know you never know people's story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and where they came from. Have you ever watched um, Shark Tank before? Yes. So there was a woman on Shark Tank. She had like short blonde hair and she made mention uh, a multimillionaire woman makes several businesses. No problem. Right. But she made mention that she never not never, but she had some apprehension of hiring rich kids or going in business with rich kids. And it was solely because she understands that a lot of times rich kids have had the opportunity to, um, you know, go do apprenticeships during the summer. They've got connections based on their parents, you know, or they've been able to observe business, rather be a part of the business, like uh, some someone who was poor or, you know, just not as privileged. You know, they've had to wait the tables. They've had to get yelled at for customer service. They've had to, you know, kind of be a part of the system so they would know a little bit more about how to navigate and be a little bit more resilient in business versus a rich kid. So what do you think about that? I I think that um I actually think that I don't blame her for that. Mm-hmm. I think that when people come from, you know, harder backgrounds, and not to say like it always has to be like, oh, you know, I grew up like, you know, mm-hmm. dirt poor. But when you actually had to work for something, it builds character. Mm-hmm. So you're able to put yourself in other people's shoes. You're able to have more compassion when it comes to others. Mm-hmm. You're able to see things from another side versus somebody who may have had everything given to them. They may not, you know, be as compassionate towards somebody else's circumstances. They mm-hmm. may not, like, you know, be like, oh, well, I want to help this person. I've been there before. They don't have that experience. And quite frankly, most of the time, they their character sucks. So. <laughs> not, absolutely. <laughs> because it's, it's, like you said, it's an entitlement. It's a privilege, mm-hmm. right? So, like, even when you make mention of being a uniclerk, or for me, before I was a nurse, I used to work as, like, a patient care tech, which, you know, act like a CNA or type mm-hmm. thing. 
Um, and so you were able to kind of get the groundwork as to what these people go through. So when you're making the decisions in healthcare administration or me as a public health professional, whatever, you know what's actually going on. So you like say, so let's say if you want to make a policy and you're like, well, all unit clerks got to uh, do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. You're gonna you're gonna stop yourself. You're gonna be like, look, I know what that you declare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's kind of trim the fat a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and same thing when you're making decisions for a CNA or MA or whatever, whoever your direct reports are. You know, you kind of want to say, okay, pause. I understand y'all been out of the game for a while, mm -hmm. but this is what's going on. And let's kind of trim the fat. Yeah, they've had resiliency and things like that, but you don't want to break someone. You don't want to mm -hmm. burn them out. You know what I'm saying? You want to make people's lives, you know, at least decent enough to where they want to, re you know, remain with the company. Exactly. You don't want to have that issue with high turnover and things like that because you're just overworking them because it just makes sense business-wise, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you balance that and as a decision maker? Um, I would say I definitely put myself um, in other people's uh, positions. I would say with the unit clerk mm -hmm. for, for that example, mm -hmm. and even with CNAs because I'm also a private um, duty home care provider as well. Oh, okay. So I've seen that um, to where when I first started my business, I actually worked it as a personal care assistant, too. So, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, so across the board. <laughs> so I know what that's like. And um, when I did, you know, have employee, when I had employees and I had to, like, they needed, they were burnt out. If nobody else could cover the shift, I would go. Mm -hmm. Because I know what that's like. I want you to get your rest. I want you to reset, have, you know, that time that you need for your vacation and come back rested and in a positive, you know, with a positive attitude and things like that. But I know that oftentimes with you looking at it from a business perspective with, you know, the MBA, MHA, you have to do what's best for the business. Okay, I can help you. In that in that regard, but then sometimes, like you said, I do have to do what's best for the business. So mm -hmm. if I have like a compliance conference or something like that to go to, and you know my employee is like, you know, I'm I'm burnt out, I need a break, you know, X, Y, and Z, then I can say, okay, well, let's compromise. If you work this day, then I can come and work the, you know, when I come mm -hmm. from this conference. <laughs> so um, back to you personally, um, is there anything that you really want to do moving forward? You've accomplished so much, like uh, uh, in, in such a short period of time. I know you have more goals that you want to reach. Is there anything else you're trying to do right now? Yes, I actually am preparing for law school. So oh. I, um, I actually met my mentor at um, the program that I went to at the George Washington University, and she is a healthcare corporate compliance attorney. And, you know, she always, she's like, you know, Danielle, you know what? You do exactly what attorneys do now. You know, um, you just don't have the, you know, your JD yet. But she was like, everything that you do is what attorneys do. And I was like, yeah, she was like, so, you know, you just got to hang in there and, you're going to get there. So it, it helps having a mentor that is that has accomplished something that you're already working towards accomplishing. And I would say that uh, that's my next step. That's my next move. Um, I'm excited about it. But again, um, it's going to take a real strong man to um, 
<laughs> like, look, babe, I gotta be in these Real books tonight. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I can't cook your dinner tonight. Right. You to I got you tomorrow. I got right. you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, he's just gonna have to be understanding. But I think that you are going up a right alley because we need, I'm telling you, we need uh, black women, brown women, women, just whatever in these spaces. So that way we're able to have a more balanced system. You know, they talk about diversity and inclusion, but it really does matter when you're talking about laws and laws that affect people and laws that affect people disproportionately. You know, you want people in place who are able to kind of, especially from the ground up, like you've been, to really be in place so that way you can make laws that make sense, okay? Right, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. And upholding those laws, that makes sense. So kudos to you for that. I mean, I mean good luck on that journey, absolutely. So I heard that you wrote a book, though. I did. Oh, so tell me about the books. Are you author too? We got to check, add check boxes. We add check boxes. Girl, oh my gosh, Lauren, yes. So about the book that mm-hmm. I wrote, I had absolutely no idea I was writing this book for one. Okay. This was just like, I would just write prayers. Like, you know how I went, I don't, I don't necessarily want to call it a hobby, but it was something that I was, you know, really good at. Um, so I started writing prayers back in like 2018, 2019. Okay. Um, so I would just write prayers that are like super like specific, super detailed. And I would just have them in my notes and my phone. Mm-hmm. And as like life went on, years went, went on, I would be like prompted to look back at those prayers in my notes mm-hmm. And just like, it was just so powerful just all the time. Right. In May, um, I think in April, I had did like, a, I had did a fast and um, I had just got a prompting from the Holy Spirit to write a book. And I was like, I don't know if I'm hearing this right. So, you know, God mm-hmm. always confirms his word. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I called and they were like, you're supposed to be writing a book. I was like. So I they ain't gonna hold you accountable. Right, they ain't gonna hold me accountable. I was like, so I didn't hear that, right? When I was in my prayer closet, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, but it's you know super important that you get it out. You got like thirty days. I was like, no, no. Oh, he gave a time frame. He wasn't playing. Yeah. Okay. So for thirty days, I had to wake up at two a.m. And make sure, you know, that I was just listening to the Holy Spirit. Make sure I prayed, I fasted, and I did not touch that book. If I was not fasting, I did not touch, I did not type on that book at all. Just to make okay. sure, like, I was hearing, you know, correctly from the Holy Spirit and making sure that, you know, the stuff that I was researching and things like that, like, it it all came together and it made sense. So I would get up at 2 a.m. for, like, 30 days straight, get on, um, get on my laptop and just type the book of whatever came, you know, to mind as far as certain topics. And now I read the book and I'm like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What is the book called? What is the title? It's called Binding and Loosing Prayers, Guidance of the Holy Spirit um, by Danielle Watts. Okay. So that means that um, uh, people can read the book and help them with their devotional, with their prayers. Because a lot of times I know for myself that when I find time to pray, I don't necessarily always know what to say, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times people could be like, well, God know my heart, but it's like, no, sometimes you need to come out your mouth and say these things, right? So yeah. your book is very 
um, uh, helpful in a, just a tool that people can use to help them pray or just kind of have like an outline or a guide of what to pray about, right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say like the prayers, like I said, they're very specific. So it's like a self-worth prayer in there. It's okay. a prayer in there for like generational curses. Um, it's a prayer in there for like studying. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so it's like a lot of different prayers. Like it's even a prayer in there for like soul ties. Mm-hmm. Like very, it's a prayer, a long prayer in there about single, about being in your single season. Mm-hmm. Is um, Sierra's prayer in there? <laughs> it's, it's, right in there. It's, it's something a little close to us. It's okay. Close. Yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah no that's good because i think people you know that way you can have a reference point it's like okay today i want to pray about uh you know fasting today i want to pray about loneliness today i want to pray about studying like and so they're able to flip to that section and, and kind of get what they need so that's awesome yes i'm glad that you were able to do that and where can they find this book on amazon um you can look you can search my name the link is actually also in my bio on instagram um okay. i am TH3 Danielle. Um, yeah, so it's there too. And I will definitely link the um, link as well in the description once this airs. So you guys can click on that, get your prayer game up, and you know, Danielle help you out with it. So now we're going to get into our watch list of the week. So as we know, this segment is mainly about what we're watching currently, whether it's a TV show or a movie, either we haven't seen or we are revisiting um, that we're into. So this week, I decided to, you know, of course, I'm scrolling through Netflix, of course, and I just so happened to stumble upon a movie that um, I think is from South Africa. And and lately, Netflix has been doing a really good job of doing international films. Um, And I just said, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to watch it. You know, they usually have pretty good movies. So um, I think it's a South African film. It's called Love, Sex, and 30 Candles. So apparently this was a book prior to it being a movie when I was reading the credits. But the movie itself was actually pretty cool. Like it, it basically talks about a lot of the things we are talking about here in the States. I'm sure they got the same problems over there, mm-hmm. which is, you know, finding love and romance or having expectations about where your life should be. So it kind of felt right along with what we're talking about because, you know, these group of women are all in with their, you know, respective careers and they're dealing with man issues. They're dealing with, you know, feeling like they're worthy enough where they should be in their careers and all that good stuff. But it had a little twist at the end that I thought was kind of mm, predictable. I'm not going to give it away, but I think that, you know, everybody, the moral of the story is that we're all going through the similar things across the globe Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to our relationships, friends, family, um, dealing with sick parents, dealing with, you know, um, unfaithful spouses, all these things that happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that, you know, us as women need to understand and, and people in general, mm-hmm. you know, like the world puts these benchmarks and milestones, you know, ahead of us, like we're supposed to meet them when they come. And that's not entirely true. Like you said, um, those that just puts unwarranted pressures on you. Um, to be something that you're not or like something that you're not or want something that you don't want. And your mind can change. If you want to be a ballerina at 22, but then be a lawyer at 35, 
you could do that. Nobody's nobody's gonna trip. It's gonna be okay because at the end of the day, it's your life. Mm -hmm. And you know, we have to live it the way we would like to live it because we this is our life and we only have one. Mm -hmm. And if you go through it focusing on what somebody gonna say about you or um what somebody wants you to do, then you're just never gonna be happy. That's just, just how I feel. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. So what about you? Have you been watching anything lately? Um, I watch things every once in a while. I don't really have a, a show, but okay. um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I like Tubi. I'm a, I'm a Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> don't be ashamed. Like don't Tubi. be ashamed. Those Tubi. Tubi movies be having me up at night cracking Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's like, where do they come up with this stuff? And why does this seem so real? And no, but why does it seem so unreal? Right. That is so it's funny. real, but it's unreal. It's yeah, like, why? Did you see? You see some stuff. Did you... Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the video? Did you see the video of like the guy bending the bullet? Like, yes. It was on some wanted stuff, but it was poorly executed. And the, the gun looked fake, the bullet looked fake, the blood came. It was all that was terrible. Yes. And I'm, I'm not knocking people because you got to start from somewhere, you know, films and everything like that. I'm never going to knock a creative, you know, right. for, for getting started. But when I tell you that just adds on an extra layer of like just hilariousness yes. to these movies. I agree. So, I what agree. have you watched on Tubi lately? What was the last good Tubi movie? <laughs> I'm not going to say I was just watching the Tubi movie like 40 <laughs> It's okay. It's, it's addictive. It's addictive. Let's see. It is. Because it's like a telenovela where it's like so dramatic and you're just like, oh, the drama. Right. Ooh. <laughs> Let me see. Um, is it. I'm bad with names. So what was it about? If you don't know the name, what was it about? So this one, it was about, I'm going I'm to finish watching it later, but I'll give you the <laughs> of it. So it's actually some actors that like you see on like almost all the Tubi movies. I like to watch yes. Like I yes. love watching the movies with Jamal Woodler in it. Yes, who played Notorious and uh, yes. B.I.G. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So um, this one um, it started out with like uh, them seeing somebody get killed. Of course, that's how most of them start. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then ended up with one of the sons um, ended up staying with the dad. The dad was a drug dealer. The mom took the other son. Then the mom died, and they came back when he was grown. And now everybody in the neighborhood is like trying to turn them against each other. Oh. They run this like really big drug operation, and they don't even know that everybody around them is like really trying to take their spot. So I don't know how it's it's, it's called power and something. Okay, so basically, you know, people plotting, mm-hmm. and that sounds like the baseline of a lot of the movies. Um, <laughs> and and but they but they the way they execute them is just it's it's basically like a. A guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. almost where you kind of, you kind of, you understand the 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 ridiculousness of it all, 
but you just want to watch it just to kind of take your mind off of real life problems and the things you got going on. So you just throw on one of those flicks. And they all seem to kind of come out of the Detroit, too. I've noticed, like, yeah. most of them, they got a rap on that whole thing, um, the, the Detroit actors. Hopefully you like it, you finish it, and you like it. Yeah. So now we're going to get into our tune of the week. And this week's tune of the week, for me, um, I stumbled upon this song. I think I was listening to another podcast, and it was a sleeper or um, a song on another podcast. And I just listened to it because um, the podcaster mentioned it. And I was like, let me check that out. It's by Odile, and the song is called Be Easy. It's featuring an artist called Brazzy. And what I like about this song is that, you know, like I said before in a previous episode, I haven't gone pretty much anywhere this summer. I have had such the opposite of a hot girl summer that it's not even funny. And and so with me doing that, with me kind of being boring this summer, I want to listen to music that's taking me mentally to another place, you know, because I've just been working and, and, and things like that. I just hadn't had the time to really travel but that's going to change in the, in the fall and winter. Please believe me. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm, these songs that I've been listening to, really, it has just been trying to take my mind away and put me in some boat, yacht, in the Maldives somewhere, um, or Greece, you know, looking good with champagne. That's what I want to be at mentally. <laughs> so any song that puts me in the mood, I am there. I am there. So this song, Be Easy, is very chill, very you know, summertime, big hat wearing. So check it out on the streaming platforms. So what about you, Miss Ma'am? Um, I would say I have been playing this song for the past few days. It's one of my favorite, favorite songs. Um, it's by Kiara Shear. It's called It Keeps mm. Happening. Okay. And I love that song because it is it's a declaration. Yeah. Um, it's a gospel song. Kiara she she can blow. Oh my goodness. Oh my I love her. Yes. Um, so it's just, it's a declaration. It's like, so uplifting, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're just saying like, you know, you're everything about you is blessed. Like God is connecting you to the right people. And so I love listening to that song. I probably listened to it about 12 times today. <laughs> because you need those affirmations. You need those things that are keep you going, especially when you're trying to reach a goal and, 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 and make your mark. So absolutely. Cause the world can be a bit taxing. I ain't going to lie oh to you. Gosh. And so those affirmations are those just jolts of like faith and, and, and grace and all those things. That's just uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, it's by Kiara Sheard and it's called Kiera. what? It keeps happening. It keeps happening. Okay, so definitely check that one out. And I really appreciate how how you keeping you know faith embedded into you know your conversation and your thinking because you know that's definitely helpful as you're navigating through all this stuff and your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate your time, your spirit, your energy, all these things. And, you know, I really want what's best for you. So keep going and reach these goals and all those good things. Um, Is there anything you want to tell the audience? Any last words that you would like to say? Um, I definitely would say it was a pleasure being on Pretty Suited Podcast. I love the name. It's so catchy it's so cute i love the name thank of your you yes um it was a pleasure just being here with you lauren i am um just excited to see what god is going to do in your life 
I'm looking forward to seeing how big this gets for you. Oh, to your mouth to God's ears, yes. ma'am. <laughs> really big for you. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, mm-hmm. And then hopefully the next time I'm, I'm on Pretty Suited Podcast, it'll be in person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And who knows where we'll um, be at in our lives. We're going to take this thing to the top, ma'am. Yes. I, absolutely. But I really appreciate your time. And thank you again. Of course, I want to leave you with these words. You can't manifest anything you don't feel worthy of. So create the life that you want and look to the sky for grace. As always, thank you for your time and we'll see you soon. Bye.